Hey, Combo Nation, I am Combo, and this is episode 359 of Combo's Court. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Today's show, Kyle, the voice, Montgomery, joins in to talk 3x3 basketball. If you don't know about 3x3 basketball... It's actually one of the newest, most fast-paced Olympic events. Just a fantastic sport. We talk about 3x3, some of its best players, and much more. You can find Kyle on Instagram at 3x3thevoice. That's 3x3t-h-e-v-o-i-c-e. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Montgomery, welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling today, man? No, I'm feeling great. I'm glad to be on. Oh, it's great to have you on. If you pay attention to 3x3 content, you've definitely heard Kyle's voice. I'm familiar with the sport. Kyle, I played the sport. I love the sport. I love its yeah. fast-paced nature, 12-second shot clock, and yeah. everything in between. It's a totally different sport than 5-on-5. Five five. It's actually a totally different sport than how maybe me and you grew up playing 3-on-3. Three three. You know what I mean? For yeah. sure. So for those that don't know... Um, explain the sport and the rules of the sport for us. Well, uh, again, it's, it's four players in total. You get one sub, um, 12 second shot clocks, 10 minute games, first of 21 wins, um, which is not typical from what you would see in the streets. When you grow up playing, you know, three, <laughs> we call it three on three in the street, right. but the official name is three X three. Um, and usually we would play to 11. We play three on three to 11. And if you score, you got you got to keep possession. But possessions change. Defense goes to offense as soon as the ball goes through the net. Everything outside of the arc, normally five on five and other uh, forms of, of hoop, that counts as a three-pointer. But in 3x3, it counts as two. Anything inside the arc is worth one. Even if you get fouled inside the arc, it's worth one. Uh, but, you know, the, the, one of the biggest differences in, in the game is obviously the speed. You know, on the streets, you don't play with a shot clock. You can you can ISO all day long, make your move. Right. Or that twelve seconds puts a puts a foot in your butt, uh, for lack of a better phrase, for you to get it going, and it and it drains your energy. Like you see, you know, these players that are outstanding players at five on five, and you see them getting pushed to the physical limits. And these are people that you know, players at their, you know, physical peaks. You know, I just yeah. finished the three X three U national championship. Exactly. These are guys that just got them playing at the highest levels of collegiate basketball. Some of the best conferences and in, in peak physical condition and they're getting pushed to the limit. So it's a different game for sure. Anybody that tell that makes that transition, they'll tell you the same. Yeah, that is interesting. I watch actually some of your three X three U and those guys are obviously really talented basketball players, but when you put really talented basketball players, even let's say, Let's say we take some solid NBA players and we put them up against guys who really know the game, maybe some of the best teams in the world. How do you think that looks? You know, it, it's hard to make that comparison because 
I, I believe that NBA players are, they're the apex of, of basketball in general. The, these dudes right. in terms of their combination of skill and size, you know, it puts them on a different plane. So they're going to be able to skate past some of, some of the obstacles that, that 3X3 presents in terms of, uh, you know, understanding the nuances of the game and, and, yeah. and the passing and the backslips and different things like that. Exactly. It's all pure ability. NBA players are going to be, I mean, imagine Kyrie and, and KD and well, Paul George being on the team. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't that, care how good you know the game, it's going to be hard as hell to beat those three dudes. So, so here's the thing, though. A team that knows the sport, that has played the sport for a long time, could beat a team that's a lot more talented than them, though. Like maybe not in the case of, not maybe in the case of a KD, a Kyrie, a LeBron, right? Because they're going to defy the odds with how talented they are. Sure. But, you know, I've seen uh, instances where I've heard of instances where there'd be like four high level G League guys. Right. Yeah. And maybe there's they're playing against a team that's really familiar with the sport. Yeah, that's they've been playing it for years. They know the sport nowhere near as talented as those yeah. G League guys, but they yeah. might wipe the floor with them because they know the sport. I'll give you an example. And this was the first glaring example that I got covering 3X3. I started in 2015. In 2016, uh, there was this American team. They played on the pro tour as Team Chicago, but they also represented as the American team at the World Cup. And Serbia was is the most dominant um, team, most dominant country in 3x3 right. on the men's side that, that we had seen. So they got Dushan Bullet, who's, who's now playing in the big three. He's widely regarded as the greatest 3x3 player ever. Uh, along with Dayan Maestrovic and Marco Savage and Marco Zadero. Now, I can tell you, pound for pound, talent-wise, they did not match up with this American team. On this American team, they had Alfonso McKinney. He's now playing for the Golden State Warriors. He's been in, in the league now, or maybe he's with the Bulls. I know that he spent a lot of time with the Warriors. Um, point is, he's in the league now. Right. You got a dude named Mike Henry. This dude was like six foot five, six, six, super athletic. Every other play. I mean, these dudes play above the rim. Athletically, no match. I thought that they were going to run through Serbia. They got to the to the gold medal game. You know, we were looking. I, I was looking for the USA men to win their first gold medal at the world championships. And when I tell you that Serbia showed them how the game is played. I mean, that was the clearest example. They, the back cuts, the precision, the ball movement. While they couldn't match up talent-wise, they had a better understanding of how to pace themselves throughout the course of a 10-minute 3x3 game. And they played with a hell of a lot of pride. And even though they couldn't match up one-on-one -on -one with these dudes, uh, they put on a show, they ended up winning the gold medal. USA men had to settle for silver. And that was one of the most glaring instances, especially early on when it showed me that you can have more talent than these than than three X three players. Right. Uh, but if you don't understand the game, you, you're not going to succeed at three X three. And that's why you, you see the European teams. They tend to dominate the game more so than the American teams. So right. Because, yeah, I mean, they've been playing for longer is part yeah. of it. But I definitely want to ask you this. When you're looking at the characteristics and the intangibles of a 3x3 player, what do they need to be great at the sport? I always look at switchability on defense and your ability to shoot the three because it's twos and ones, which yeah. is even more of a variance than twos and threes. Can you speak to that and maybe some of the other var variables and intangibles that lead to somebody being a great 3x3 player? 
Well, you 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 can't have weaknesses. Um, mm. You can hide some weaknesses in in five on five, uh, especially with the bigs. Um, you can hide some of the weaknesses with within your system, depending on how you play. Right. But if you're a three x three player, you've got to be good at everything. It's it's truly positionless hoops. So you've got to be a capable shooter. You've got to be a capable rebounder. You got to be a capable defender and you have to be willing to do all three because whether you're the big on the team, you're going to get open shots from two. You're going to, if whether you're the, you're the guard that uh, does the primarily uh, most of the ball handling, you got to be able to rebound. You also got to be able to switch on defense because mm-hmm. oftentimes you're going to get caught in the post. Right. So you, you have got to master everything. You got to be a, a a great passer as well because three x three people tend to get lulled into the idea that because it's three players on the court, it's it's all about ISO. You know, you got a half court. It's one on one. If you got a one, one good one on one player, then they think that's gonna gonna carry them. But passing really makes a huge makes makes the difference in three x three. It's it's ball movement and off the ball movement, and the teams that tend to master that. They tend they tend to excel more at three x three and and Serbia is an example. Slovenia is another um, country that that does that well. The Netherlands do that really well, and uh, you know those are examples. The word I think of when I think of great three x three players and great three x three teams is flow. Right, nothing yeah. could be mechanical. You can't really isolate. It's almost great to catch on the downhill to make great decisions. I think European basketball has been even a little bit better than that than mm-hmm. maybe USA in the past. Do you see True. that as well? And can you speak to the flow of the game? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched some, you know, my travels uh, in Europe a lot. I've watched a lot of Euro league. Um, you know, a lot of team success is, is based more off of system and mm-hmm. flow more so than individual talent. Mm-hmm. Now in saying that I would like to see a little bit more takeover ability with mm. uh, some of the euro euro hoops well now. yeah that's that's why they bring in american imports like True. for to, like because they're those are the guys that they want to take yeah, over the game be, you know yeah, exactly. those yeah. dudes that take, right. they take over the game. But, right but in contrast i would say you know and cover the nba for eight years and and also covering collegiate sports as well i'd like to see a little bit more system ball and a little less you know one-on-one over you know in from the united states mm, I think yeah combine both worlds just a little bit for both sides it would make it for a little bit better product but back to 3x3 in terms of the flow of the game the flow comes based off of, of what comes natural uh when you learn basketball in general it's this is instinctual actions in basketball because you got a 12 second shot clock there's not a whole lot of time to to be thinking there's not a whole lot of time to be set getting into your sets that's not to say that teams don't run sets because they do, but they have to get into them with quickness. They, they got to play with pace, but without panic. So the way to do that is just understanding because sometimes on a long rebound, you may not have time to set up to, to get into your set. But as a, as a hooper, you can see them out there and say, okay, I need to, I need to get out here and set him a screen. And my instincts are going to tell me to set this screen and pop to the pop to the elbow. Um, you know, it's just, it's so reactive in 3x3. And I, and talking to some of the players that have made that transition from five on five, they say that's one of the things that they actually like about the game is that it takes away 
you know, that burden of having to think so much, having so mm. much time to think about, you know, what I, what I have to do next. Well, they're just going. It's just basketball. It's just free, free flowing. I'm, I'm, I'm picking, I'm popping here. I'm cutting here. I'm slipping here. I'm, you know, so you see that a lot more with 3x3 uh, because of what that 12 second shot clock kind of forces players to do. You mentioned Dusan Bullard is widely regarded as the greatest 3x3 player ever. What makes him great? Man, you know, again, I'll, I'll not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I've covered a lot of hoop, man. I, I, I worked with the NBA for um, four seasons. Then I went and took a job in Los Angeles and I worked for Fox Sports. I was covering the Clippers, traveling with the team for four years and, you know, watching some of the greats. You know, I consider Chris Paul one of the greats mm-hmm. and it, it's his basketball instincts, his basketball acumen. Not, not only having the physical ability, but having the mental acumen to, to outsmart players, even when he was undersized or outmatched in, in mm-hmm. some ways. I see a lot of that in Dushan Bullet. Um, killer instinct. I think of guys that I watched like Kobe, um, guys that were willing to take the big shot, that wanted the big shot, that wanted to go at their opponent's neck. Like Dushan Bullet possesses those you know, possesses that, that killer instinct. He possesses that, that those savvy veteran plays to where he knows they need to draw. If he can get a guy off their feet and draw a foul, stops the clock, gets his team a rest, gives I mean, he, he's so crafty in what he does. He's got that Chris Paul element. He's got that, that Kobe mentality and taking the big shots, making the big shots. Uh, he's an unselfish player. And one, one of the things that I love that you see a lot in street ball that he brings as well as he brings that extra sauce <laughs> that extra flavor. I've seen him sham God through dudes legs before I'm seeing him looking over here and tossing it behind the back over the shoulder. So he adds that sauce to the game too, that competitive edge. And he has that ability to seize the moment, seize the moment. Like you would see a Kobe do, like you would see a Mike do, like you would see, you know, I think Dame Lillard has a lot of that killer instinct in him too. And I see all of those components in him. It's a reason why he's a four-time world champion. There's a reason why he's won, I think, four world tour titles as well. Uh, you know, he, he, he's been the bar in the game and he's led Serbia to, to so much success. And that's why he's considered the GOAT. Nobody's, nobody's played the game quite like Dushan Bullard's played the game. That was so well said. And when I watch him play, I see somebody who's really aggressive, but it's really controlled at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's coming at your neck, but he's also he's always in control of the game. Mm-hmm. You you very rarely see him um, lose his composure. Um, you very rarely see him make silly plays in key moments. Even though he got that sauce. <laughs> Even though he got that sauce. Now, he waits normally until the game is in hand, right? You know, they're up five points, six points. It's, you know, it's a minute and a half left. That's when he's going to start bringing some of that, some of that extra stuff or, or towards the beginning of the game. But, yeah, he, he's, he's super in control. That, that, that speaks to his, to his um, experience in the game, and, and that speaks to his acumen. Again, it's that mental capacity and understanding the moments uh, and, and when he has to make sure that his temperature is right because he understands that his teammates are relying on him and they kind of feed off of his energy. How long has that Novi side team been playing together? 
Uh, well, they brought Dayan Maestrovich on um, in 2014. Wow. That team, that team actually broke up in 2019. This was just prior to uh, the pandemic year. That was one of the, the biggest breakups in, in 3x3. But as far as Dushan and Marco uh, Savage, they had been playing 3x3 together since they were young. They grew up, they grew up together in, in Novi Sad. And Marco Zadero, um, he was one of the original members of their, of their quartet. And they all played from the time they were really young. 3x3 has been, been huge in places like Serbia and Russia and Romania uh, for a long time. So, so this is all they knew um, coming up. So they had that chemistry already intact. And then when they threw the maestro, Dejan Maestrovic in the mix in 2014, he brought the shooting, he brought the size that they needed, and it, it gave them that edge that they needed to, to dominate. Um, I saw that team go 32-0. and 0. They didn't lose a they didn't lose a single game on the pro tour. <laughs> wow, yeah, their, their third world tour uh, title at that time. So yeah, they they got the ingredients to uh, they had the ingredients to to accomplish greatness, and there's a reason why they steal the bar. I know you're not in the states right now, but let's take it stateside. I have to ask you this. I mean. I'm familiar with a lot of the guys here. I played against a lot of the guys who play 3x3. So I have mm -hmm. to ask you this. I have to ask you this. Who's the best 3x3 player from America? Well, there's a, you know, there's a variety of players to choose from. And the thing is, when you look at 3x3 in the States, we, we only get a small glimpse of some of the top tier talent. So, for example, mm -hmm. the 3x3 U National Championship. You know, we, we've seen we've had a lot of 3X3U alumni that are now playing in the NBA. You know, I, I think of Justin Wright Foreman and and um, uh, Justin Brantley, um, Devontae Kaycock. These are all dudes that, that got drafted, you know, the next year after the 3X3U National Championship. So mm -hmm. I think if these dudes play consistently, then they would probably be considered, you know, I could consider them amongst Oh my bad! I just lost. All good. The, All good. Uh, lost the lamp, but no, those guys I think could be considered as you know some of the greatest. But I got to go with the players that have that have consistently played the game. Right. And you think about New York Harlem and, and Dominique Jones, who's a 2019 Pan American gold medalist. He he's won a world tour in in Switzerland before. He's been one of the mainstays. Um, you think of Robbie Hummel, former NBA player. He led the United States to their first gold medal at the World Cup in 2019. He's been playing 3x3 for now four years, although he's considering retirement. Kareem Maddox, former Princeton big. He won Defensive Player of the Year. He's been playing for Team Princeton for uh, a long time, uh, at least five years. So I think longevity um, and somebody who's still currently playing, I think that Kareem Maddox is probably going to have to be considered the, the best American that's, that's still playing. But we've had, we've had some real ballers, some true hoopers yeah. that played 3x3. But, but he's the one that's still going, and, and he's still got his youth, got youth on his side. So we'll, uh, we'll give him the nod, Kareem Maddox, the madman. <laughs> definitely shouts to Damo Damo's a hooper I play with him once in a while over at uh Chelsea Piers obviously growing up in New York I've played I actually played against him in 3x3 in a Mountain Dew tournament way back it was in that Brooklyn Park that's really big that you always see content being filmed at 
So I know I'm, I'm familiar with Damo. He's a hooper, bro. And the thing about Damo is he's strong enough to guard the post. He can hit yeah. the three. He got flair and great feel for the game, like kind of all the things you need to yeah. be a great th- 3x3 player. Yeah, Damo could hoop, bro. Yeah. Yeah, Damo's a pro- Damo has been a problem. Like, Damo was one of the first 3x3 stars that I got introduced uh, to. Mm-hmm. And, and let me throw this another name in the hat, too. It's this dude named Michael Money in the Bank Hicks. He actually he actually plays for Poland, but he's an American player. He's from Tennessee. Okay, he's, he's American through and through. But you know, he went to play ball overseas. He he uh, found a, a beautiful wife, got married. So with his Polish citizenship, he he represents Poland. But anyway, I want yeah. to throw his name in the hat because <laughs> you're talking about he's the coldest scorer in three x three I've ever seen. This yeah. dude averaged almost ten a game. Unbelievable, but back to Damo. Yeah, Damo yeah. is is one of the first stars that I saw in three x three. My my second tournament I covered, uh, I went to Mexico City, and that was my first time seeing Damo. He was the smallest dude on the court, but he was the most un- unguardable dude on the floor. He's a wizard with the ball in his hand. You can't yeah. stay in front of him. He's so unorthodox with how he can create yes. his own shots in the paint. This this dude was spinning in the air like a propeller yeah still finding the touch to make shots in the paint he has a unique cadence to his game yes yes yep and and it's and it's got new york written all over because he's got that herky jerk kind of hezzy yeah yeah those to me are the toughest dudes to guard i never played the game at a really high level but i played enough in the streets and i played in high school and i played a little bit in college at alabama state and i got a sense for the type of dudes that are just it's just so hard because you don't know what the hell they're going to do. And uh, he's, he's got all that. He's got all that. Damo's a bad man. And he's still hooping. I, I want to see what his team uh, does this year, if they bring back the same type of squad with Marcel Essenwune. And, and Marcel's him. my guy. Yeah, I know Marcel's Marcel. Marcel's my guy, too. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a beast. Mar- yeah. uh, uh, Padani Brutus is another uh, hooper. Okay. Shooter. Yeah, yep. and yeah, he's a gunner. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of team they bring back. But but I know Damo's going to his game's going to be a one. I just realized you didn't mention Robbie humble. That's your guy. Three X three. You got, Oh, you did my fault. That's my fault. That's my fault. That's my fault. And, my fault. And, and listen, I mean, he, he had a cup of coffee in the league, right? So he's one of those guys that played in the NBA. True. True fact. Yeah. And, and he's a Purdue hall of famer. He's a record setter in the, in the big 10. And Most we know how, how tough of a conference uh, that was. So uh, Robbie was the best player in all of three X three 2019. No, nobody could do anything with Robbie Hummel. Robbie right. was in, was in great shape. Um, Mid range game was on point. He could shoot the two. He could defend. He's got that. He's got that prototypical um, size that you would want in three x three. So when I think of a prototypical three x three player, I'm looking at somebody between six four and six seven, six eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have the ability to get out and defend. They're, they can shoot. They can guard guards. You're not going to be able to exploit them in the post because, again, they got enough size. That was Robbie. That's why when Robbie hit the 3x3 court, he took over the game. And the reason why I didn't say Robbie is the greatest American player is only because Robbie is Robbie's not going to be playing 3x3 going forward. His broadcast career is, is taking off with the Big Ten, ESPN. I just had him on my podcast the other day. He says that the chances of him playing on the national team and representing the United States and trying to get back to the Olympics is 
is not going to happen. He's not going to do that. But he said he might. There's a slim chance that he may pop up at a pro tour. But he said, don't hold your breath. So if Robbie was committed to playing going forward, I'm going to give Robbie, I'm going to give Robbie that stamp. Robbie is a problem. But since Kareem is still playing, I got to give it, I got to give it to Kareem. Most definitely. What did 3x3 becoming an Olympic event mean for the sport? Everything. I, I think that, you know, when I joined in 2015, you know, they told me what the goal was. They were going to present it to the Olympic Committee and with hopes that uh, they would see the potential uh, in the game. You know, it was our job to grow it. And they wanted me to help kind of bring my flavors and help kind of grow the game. Again, that was 2015. The Olympics were going to be until 2020. You right. Know so we're talking about a five year journey of not even knowing if it was going to be an Olympic sport, but we got it in 2000, got the, um, the announcement in 2017 that it was going to be a part of the Olympic uh, regimen. And, um, you know, it lit a fire underneath everybody. So I had the opportunity along with Noah Eagle to broadcast the, the, you know, the first ever um, 3X3 games at the Olympics. And for the world to be able to see and experience what I had been experiencing for the previous five years, um, I thought was huge. I knew that sports fans, basketball fans, once they got a, a, a look at this game um, and see and you know seeing the potential of it going forward, they would fall in love with it. You know, it's mm-hmm. fast paced, yes, yes, which is conducive with today's society. You know, you see the leagues from MLB to NFL to NBA, they're thinking of ways to kind of make the game faster to condense it for the viewing audience because. People's attention spans just doesn't, it's just not as long as it used to be. That's true. So here, here we have a 10 minute game with a 12 second shot clock. It, it has potential for every play to be a highlight. You do have that ISO. So you're going to get the crossovers. If you get beat on the perimeter, somebody's going to have to meet somebody at the rim. There, mm-hmm. that's, another, yeah. that's another highlight type of scenario. So in the Olympics, you know, seeing it, on that global platform that it's the biggest sports platform in the world. It was huge. I was incredibly grateful to be a part of it. The only downside is that we didn't have an American men's team playing, which I know for sure um, was a slight setback. If I'm going to be completely honest, because uh, the men's American team is going to be the biggest draw and and that's no shade towards the American women's team because they went on to take gold, all WNBA players, shout out to all of them. They got it done in dazzling fashion. Don't get me wrong, but not having a men's team compete, um, you know, on NBC. Um, I think that, that that was just a slight setback, but, but overall the momentum from the Olympics is still huge. Yeah, man, I could go with this conversation forever. Just a few more things. Do you think eventually we get NBA guys committing to the sport, taking some of their time and really committing to 3x3 and having them play for our national team? It, it depends on how bad they want to they want to play uh, yeah. for a gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. You know, what we, what we find with the United States and, and American players is that money talks. Yeah. And that's not to say that the patriotism isn't there, right? So you do have guys who want to you know, represent their country and win a gold medal. But what I found that in, in Europe and Asia, you know, there's a bigger precedent on 
that type of thing. You know, the yeah. honor of representing your country right. um, often supersedes the money. You'll even find some NBA players who will say, I'm resting this. I'm not going to compete uh, for the Olympic team this year. You know, I went through a long regular season. I got to think about next season for my pro club and I got to rest these knees. So, right, boom. right, right. But I'm saying, but, you know, everybody can't play for the, for the national team. So I think guys got to, should humble themselves a little bit, evaluate their talent, evaluate the prospects for, for, for themselves, making the, the five on five team and say, look, I'm not going to make the five on five team, but here's an opportunity for me to transition to this three X three game. I can win the same gold medal that those cats win with five on five. I can bring honor to myself. I can bring honor to my family. I can bring honor to my country by trying this game out. So I hope in the future we get some NBA players that are willing to, to, you know, consider three X three, you know, as a viable option for them to, to hoop and to compete in the Olympics but in terms of seeing them on the pro tour and things like that, again, I go back to money talks. There's there's fifty thousand dollar grand prizes on the pro tour, and for the elite athletes in the United States, typically that's not enough money for them to get off the couch and take a long flight overseas to compete for fifty or sixty thousand dollars that they're going to have to split with you know three other dudes. That we need more events too. Like they, obviously they have the Mountain Dew stuff. Sometimes they have the Red Bull stuff. But there's a lot of like competitive basketball players that maybe you know aren't play overseas or in the NBA that really still have that their competitive juices are still flowing and I think yeah. we could have a lot of great 3x3 going on around the country if we just have more tournaments and then that leads in the future to us having better 3x3 players yeah it, it's going to take effort on really both sides because I know that FIBA 3x3 has a vested interest in in American players taking a hold of this game and making it a priority. I do think that we have a little bit of a stigma here as well, because, you know, five on five NBA, um, even, even EuroLeague is considered to be more desirable. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they kind of look at three X three and they say, Oh yeah, this is a cool game. You know, it looks fun, but eh, you know, I, I'm still dreaming of this over here, you know, and I think that that mentality also infect affects, you know, organizers as well. So um, that we got to have organizers that are willing to put up the money that it's going to take to host a FIBA sanctioned tournament. You know, this, this, aren't, this isn't small dollar amounts that we're talking about here. You know, you got to come with a couple hundred, you have a few hundred thousand dollars to put on a yeah. FIBA sanctioned tournament. And it comes down to how much do you believe in this game? You know, how, how vested are you in growing 3X3? And, you know, it's going to take some, some serious investors to put some money into it. And I think the players would, would come. USA Basketball is doing, doing a great job. But it's going to take more than USA Basketball. I think we're going to need some, some private investors that see the potential in the game. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's get some tournaments in L.A. Let's get some FIBA-sanctioned tournaments in New York City. Let's, you know, let's go to some of these basketball meccas where we know that there's a bevy of talent and let's put it on display. Let's give these guys a chance to make the Olympics. Let's give these guys a chance to, to compete with uh, some of these top European teams and, and show the rest of the world, you know, look, America's the bar when it comes to hoop. Yeah. It always has been. And it's a shame, you know, with this game, I think United States should be right up there as well. 
And right now, that's just not the case. Do you see in the future a pro league for 3x3 in America or even internationally on a more consistent basis? Well, yeah, obviously the, the only pro pro league, well, there's a couple of pro leagues. Uh, in, in Asia, there's a couple of pro leagues that are popping up. In Russia, there's a couple of pro leagues that are popping up. Obviously, with, with FIBA has the premier pro league with the three, FIBA mm-hmm. 3x3 World Tour. Um, I hope... I hope that we that we will get a pro league. Like for example, Red Bull has a grassroots um, mm-hmm. league. Yeah, hoop it up is is grassroots. Oh, hoop but it I, up! But the old hoop it up rules. I actually played in a Red Bull tournament, by the way. Yeah, but the yeah. old hoop it up rules were not three x three rules. So now no. they're now they're converting to three x three. You're telling me exactly, exactly. Nice. So nice. That, okay, yeah, that's dope. Because they they have to if they want those athletes to be able to gain enough ranking points to where they can be considered to, to play for an Olympic team. It, it makes it makes total sense for them to shift to 3x3, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But, but I'm hearing whispers now. I, I don't want to go anything official, but I'm hearing whispers that there are there's some big potential for pro leagues to start over here um, in the United States. Um, I know 3-Ball USA was, was in the hat and talking about that, and who knows what uh, on the women's side, WNBA – is um, thinking about maybe sponsoring some pro teams. Nice, nice. Developmental league. So there's some things starting to brew now because, you know, the, the Olympics are coming up in 2024, the next edition. And um, I think America is intent on not only fielding another gold medal winning women's team, but they'll be damned if we don't have a top level American men's team. <laughs> and the only way you get that is having events over here, getting the reps, um, enlarging that talent pool to choose from. So there's the, the thought is there. I think the effort is soon to follow. Kyle, I hate to not end on 3x3, but I have to ask you this. We see in the Olympics, track and field has all these events. Swimming has all these events. We got 3x3 now. I think we need to see one-on-one. You know, I'm not mad at that because look, I'll be, I'll be, I'll admit this. I was, a, I was kind of a unique player. I was better one-on-one than I was fitting into a system. I'll give you an example of an NBA player that I covered closely, Jamal Crawford. So you could, you could print, you could bring Jamal Crawford off the bench and he, he'll score 20 for you off the like he averaged 17, 18 off the bench for, for the Clippers because he, he wasn't exactly a system player because you can't bridle that kind of talent. You got to let players like that go. He's a little bit unorthodox, with, and that's kind of how my game was. <laughs> okay. There are players out there that could become one-on-one straight-up stars, maybe not system guys, and I think that there should be an event, and I think that would draw a hell of a lot of eyeballs. I damn sure would watch. I would love to see a one-on-one tournament at the Olympics. Oh, it would be great. They need to start at the grassroots level. And if you think about it, growing up, right, the most intense games you saw was one-on-one. Like yes. everybody was watching. Yep. There might or there might have or might have not been money on the line. But yeah. the intensity of those games were probably more than anything you've seen in five on five or any other kind of basketball event. Like those games were crazy. And I think somebody needs to really get into that and invest some money in that. Cause that would be super interesting. And I really hope to see it either at the all-star game or an Olympic event in the future. I think, I think we, uh, I think 
that we will. And okay. uh, where I'm from, that's where you somebody pulls your card. If you played even in a team concept, if you was hooping and practicing, and let's say there was another player on the team that thought he was better than you and he should get the shooting guard spot over you or point guard or whatever. And if y'all got to doing a little bit of this, the way you settled it, who was the better player was one-on-one. Yeah. It's mano a mano. This is where we're going. I'm pulling your card. So you think you're better than me? Let's go pound for pound, mano a mano, and we're going to find out who's really the best between me and you when we lay it on the line. This is when the rubber hits the road. I love to see a bunch <laughs> of NBA players go one-on-one. The one that's, that's talking to me, uh, talk. I want to see Pat Beverly go one-on-one against some of these cats. Ah. <laughs> and then we go see who's who and what's what. You see what I mean? <laughs> nah, most definitely. Kyle, you're, uh, you're always welcome back on the show. Um, obviously, everybody could find you talking 3x3 if you go to YouTube and type in 3x3. They're probably going to hear your voice, man. It's always right fun hearing your commentary on the games. You're always welcome back on this show. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Um, you can find me on Instagram at 3x3thevoice. You can find me on Twitter if uh, if you still use Twitter out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the underscore real Kyle M. You can follow my podcast, uh, The Voice on 3x3 Podcast. That's on Instagram. So at The Voice on 3x3 Podcast. Me and my partner, uh, Dave B, we talk 3x3 all the time every other Tuesday. Um, and you can find me on Facebook, uh, Kyle the voice of 3x3 Montgomery. That's on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm out there. I'm out there. You can find me. I appreciate the love, Andrew. And I and, and I had a, good, a lot of fun being on the show, man. You're always welcome back. Thank you so much for taking the time and talk soon. For sure, man. Yes, sir. Hey, Combo Nation. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Leave a rating and a review as well, big shouts to Kyle for joining in. We appreciate you. And share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on IG, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it in your group chats. Let them know you're listening to Combo's Court. Be on the lookout for episode 360. Combo out.